0: Hello and welcome to the Wisden T20 World Cup daily podcast. England are in the World Cup final after absolutely annihilating India in the second semi-final. I'm Yazran and to talk through that game with me today is Mark Butcher and Phil Walker. Uh, that, that was really good, that was really fun. Um, but sh- we weren't totally sure why England opted to chase at the start of the day, but it turned out okay in the end.
2: Yeah, well, it shows the value of actually being at the ground, I suppose, rather than being 10,000 miles away. Um, but yeah, I mean, England hadn't hadn't chased very well in the competition, had they? They'd been very jittery, um, but uh, but clearly, that sort of you know even the stats sort of go against chasing at the Adelaide Oval. But they obviously saw something either in the surface or that they knew that there was going to be some dew around or something um, in the pitch early on that, that that made them think that they could make make inroads with the with the new ball and not allow India to put something huge on the board. And as it turned out, I mean, they might even have been just thinking, you know what, we don't want to, we don't want to have Coley chasing against us and just made the decision based on that. Whatever the decision was, whoever made it, um, for whatever logic, um, it was clearly a belter. And I suppose that it was, it was teed up a little bit by what happened in the final five overs of England's innings. You know, India really struggled. Coley had struggled for timing. They'd all struggled to time the ball um, in the early part of the game. But then that last five overs, you know, again, we're a long way away. I don't know whether the air cooled or whatever it was. Suddenly the ball was flying onto the bat and flying out of the ground. So there's two ways of looking at that. One is, oh, my God, we've had a shocker at the death. Or, you know what, this thing is getting easier to, to strike the ball on. Um, And it turned out it was the latter.
0: We'll go on to how England bowled later. But I don't think England bowled badly at all at the death. Phil, England's attitude is just different to other teams. There's a bit on commentary where Owen Morgan was talking about an answer. Josh Butler gave in a press conference yesterday. He was asked, what is a par score? And Butler said, well, we don't really believe in par scores. We want to win games with winning scores. You kind of saw that today. India the got up to 170, stark. but... They couldn't really have got much more. They they were looking to get 170 max, really.
1: The the, the contrast was stark, and the post mortems from India's side were, are only just going to be beginning. Right, they suddenly looked like a very pedestrian, slightly ageing side, uh, with players in the field who were struggling to get around a little bit, and, a, and an approach, a philosophy, um, grounded in a belief in the in in the, the, the kind of the overwhelming power of icon cricketers at the expense of clar- clarifying, uh, clarity of thought for me. Um, it, the way that England go about it, uh, you, the model is there and it's been there now under Morgan and now under Butler. It's been there for quite a long time and it's baffling that teams don't simply try and ape it and uh, arrange their team around it. India looked like a, a team that was still thinking that it's 2015 uh, the game, and, and it's baffling because they are the kings of T Twenty cricket, you know, in so many in so many ways, and they are obsessive over the the theories of T Twenty cricket, and so for them to be playing an outdated version of the game, to be to be keeping wickets in hand, to be get, getting up to forty out from six if they're lucky, and then trying to explode from sixteen to twenty, that's an outdated way of playing the game. And as you you're absolutely bang on, they got one six eight, they couldn't have got many more. Okay. Sky could have had another day out and they could have got 175, 180. But as we've seen... No
0: near enough. Would
1: have, would have been nowhere near enough on that pitch. A lot of talk about it being a used pitch. Well, it's still Adelaide. It's still the best batting track in the world. So, yeah, the, 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 the post-mortem will begin in earnest in India now. And there'll be a number of players in that side who won't feature again. And there'll be a, there'll be a number of players, great players, all-timers, who whose positions will, will no doubt now come under under review because they can't carry on playing that kind of safety-first, risk-averse cricket because, as you've seen, they've been blown out of the water.
0: If you just look at the, the side they have, but you can kind of understand why they go about their way quite cautiously. With Axar Patel at seven, it doesn't give them a lot of uh, leeway to really go for it if they lose the an early wicket like they did today. But they're not New Zealand. It's not as if they don't have other guys. They have so many players... Who we know are brilliant hitters in the IPL. It's taken India, you know, they, they've still never won a T20 World Cup since the IPL started. That's an incredible stat that gets more and more incredible the the more the time passes.
2: Well, yeah, and 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 I think potentially the cult of in, the individual plays plays into that a lot. Um, you know, I, I made I made comment about about something like this when England played Pakistan in Pakistan. Now we're right back there again. Of course, the whole saga began back in. In mid-September, um, in the, you know, when, when they talk about the game or talk about the batters, they often use it. An, and, you know, the average is the first stat that comes up rather than the strike rate, whereas England's mythology and, and thinking around it is always strike rate first. Average doesn't even matter. It comes a distant 25th in terms of the things that are important um, to a T20 team um and so if you if 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 again if you're kind of building building your uh, building your run making around the theory that you've got to give your 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 icon players as much time as they possibly can we will get enough runs and then our bowlers will 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 bail us out it's not a bad theory if those are the only options that you have um you know in, india could basically build a t20 team however they wanted to to play in any way that they wanted to given the resources that they have at their disposal but the thing that stops them from doing that at the moment is that there are certain players who are sacrosanct um, and certain you know cer- certain titles that are, that are just not allowed to be off the page um you know dur- during these sorts of tournaments but anyway you know I, I, let's let's not focus on on india because um frankly they're gone and <laughs> and gone in in some in some spectacular style let's let's um let's focus on what england have done and what England have done not not through the course of the tournament because they haven't been great, have they? I mean, we we said on the on the pod on on Monday, was it Monday or was it Tuesday? I can't remember. Um, that uh, you know that they hadn't clicked for them at all yet. They've not chased particularly well. The only sort of like the glimpse, the the, the bright spots have been Sam Curran with the ball. Um, so he had he had a slightly less than good day today. Um, Adil Rashid um, again brilliant, and, and more on him in a moment. And the fact that that Butler and Hales had just started to look as though they were coming to some sort of an understanding at the top of the order, at least their styles of play were beginning to sort of gel together. Because don't forget, they hadn't, they didn't play at all in all of those seven matches um, in Pakistan, and people were talking about whether salt would be better, whether we'd get off to more of a flyer. Um, but you just, you just felt in the in the the last game, the must-win game against Sri Lanka, that that was coming together very nicely. So despite all of that. Um, you know, I say all of that. Those are the only sort of three or four high spots I could think of in the tournament so far. England win a semi final, and then suddenly they get to the semi. They have to make two big changes. Um, you know, Mark Wood could have been, um, you know, could have been a nightmare miss for them. You think about him bowling at somebody like Sky. If Sky had got going, that might have been a, a, a match up to to tilt things back to England. He was gone, um, and, and and England coped cope with that very well. And Milan not playing was was kind of, was has not missed you know as I, and I've said this from before we even started the tournament that that we had one too many um, one too many top order batters in there we've lost one and, and haven't lost anything um, in in my view even though Phil Salt replaced him so um, it, you just feel that Josh Butler was I think was fit from probably about game three of that Pakistan series if you can cast your mind back and he didn't play didn't play didn't play didn't play, didn't play the entire series and you're just thinking wow they're leaving this late. But all he said, and all the management said, that entire time was peaking. Now it's about peaking at the right time, um, and with one game to go, it looks as though they're they're well on the road to doing that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I reckon I could have batted three today, and England would have been okay. <laughs> um,
1: I just I just wanted, wanted to jump, jump in on the what Mark was saying there. Ben Ben Gardner made the point just now. Half half of England's probable first team weren't playing today. When you think that Joffre. Is nearing fitness, but obviously hasn't played in a year and more. Milan will be in that first eleven on in most occasions, uh, and then you have obviously Bearsto at home as well. Mark Wood out of the side as well. Um, Topley. Topley as well didn't make the didn't make the final squad due to in, injury. So and then six
0: months ago, Owen Morgan was captain and Jason Roy was at top of the order. So right. there's so much change in a very short period of time. In,
1: indeed, and and it's still uh, old old habits. They you can't shake them right, and it's still. I still have to hesitate before I fully understand that England, good old English cricket, with its with its devotion to to playing straight and playing under your eyes and all the rest of it, are these trailblazers in white ball cricket? But they've been like this now for half a decade and more. So I have to I have to get with it. <laughs> I do have to get with it. But it's still it's still a haltingly strange thing to say. I think
2: that, that just backs up the, the the point that you started and that I finished about sort of you know. About if you have the resources, and England clearly do, because they can pick two 11s. You know, this is almost, you know, Mark Mark two, um, pick two and a half 11s, perhaps, and still be able to play exactly the same way. And and yet, India, with all of their their vast resources in terms of players and and, and you know experience and all that kind of stuff, are still stuck playing a way that, that actually most of their most of their younger players and better players would. Um, would balk at wanting to be, to play in a team that played like that so don't worry i mean they'll they'll, they'll spin it around pretty quick
0: Yeah, I almost hesitate saying this before the final, but they're almost like the Barcelona of white ball cricket in that it's not just they're good, it's they play in a particular way and everyone coming through also plays that way. It's like La Masia, the academy. like All all the young players who come into the team play in exactly the same way and know exactly how they play. Domestic cricket, kind of everyone in English, domestic cricket plays that way these days. Um, And just kind of on England's last seven years, I think it's worth outlining how good they've been at white ball cricket. Uh, 2016 they're two balls away from winning the T20 World Cup they win the 2019 World Cup two balls away from getting to the World Cup final last year and now they're into this final without Archer, Besto, Topley, Wood, Milan um, it's incredible I mean Joe made the kind of cheeky point on the WhatsApp group before we start recording that what's the point of this high performance review when England could be holding both White Ball World Cups in a couple of days time and the Test team is playing as, as well as it's done in, in years
2: Events dear boy Events <laughs> <laughs> there were
0: three superstars today for England, Hales, Butler and Rashid. I'm going to start with Rashid because I think he was the most important. He bowled like no one else did in that match. He was absolutely stunning. Maybe his best World Cup performance ring. England. They had one very good game against West Indies in the last World Cup. But given this is a semi-final, given the class, the opposition, and how good they are against spin on that wicket, short square boundaries, he was unbelievable today.
1: Beautifully summed up. And he got the best player, probably the, the form player in the world, maybe after Butler, in the format. He got him out and, and, and did him. Nowhere near the pitch. Ran down the track and skewed it out to deep square. And he was taken on the boundary by Phil Salt. And that encapsulated everything that he, that, that he was about. He bowled, I think he bowled the final over of the power play when India were already behind the eight ball and clearly looking to try and get to some kind of parity or just below parity after six. And it was just unplayable. Just, just, I think, in fact, Rowett swept him mm. from his first ball, indication of, of where, Mo, where Rowett wanted to go. And he couldn't lay a bat on him after that. I think he went for three from the next five deliveries. And that over showed you the full range. You know, the one that just comes out the front of the hand and it just digs in the pitch. The, the pitch was there for any player to, to cash in. And it was shown. You know, Ashwin went for 27, I think, in his two overs. Uh, So what he did in the context of that 20 overs was uh, memorable, I think. And it backs up what he did two or three days ago as well. You know, he was man of the match um, two or three days ago against Sri Lanka. He could easily have been man of the match tonight as well. Uh, It was staggering. But throw it over to Mark because, you know, he's had to... He's had to he's had to try and flatten a few lunkheads. Let's put it that way, delicately.
2: Well, you you put it delicately. I'm not going. I've I've had some ma- mouth breathing knuckle draggers on uh, on Twitter at me since probably since again back to the Pakistan series, suggesting that the only reason that Adil Rashid was in England's side was because because he had dark skin and was was a Muslim or wasn't a white guy. Um, at one point, I had to point out to a bloke that David Willey wasn't playing um, I mean Adil Rashid's place because he didn't bowl leg spin, or at least if he did, I hadn't noticed him practising it. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, so I, I'm absolutely delighted. In fact, he you know, he bowled magnificently in the New Zealand game as well. It was only after um, Glenn Phillips tagged him, didn't he, in his, in his last over, but he should have had Phillips out, had Mo um, helped him out with that dolly extra cover. So in the last three games, he's, he's really sort of turned it on. Um, the, the dip has, is, has returned. I thought he'd been a little flat. He was a little flat um, through the sort of like the, the early part of the tournament. The uh, the Googly didn't seem to have as much bite on it, or at least he was at least he was favouring it a little bit more than the leg break. And the leg break went magnificently again today. Um so yeah, I mean he's such a such a huge component. And don't forget the catch. Took an absolute mm-hmm. stunner really to his right at, uh, at short third man and um, to get rid of Coley or off CJ. Um another great return from him. I'm surprised you know. Um, the only reason that he's playing in the side is because he's one of the best-ass bowlers in the world um, and uh, one of the greatest fielders to ever play the game. It might be the colour of skin, I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, Rashid was absolutely brilliant. We'll get on to Chris Jordan and how England the seamers bowled in a little bit. Mark, I just wanted to ask you about Hales. For his three years, he must have been very weird personally seeing him lift the world cup in 2019 when he'd been such an important part of that squad and maybe not necessarily the eleven, 11th by the very end of it um he was absolutely sensational today uh so so good at targeting the small boundaries i think the vast majority of his boundaries were targeting the shorter ones um and that was the innings that really propelled England. i know butler caught up towards the end but it was hails fast start that allowed butler to play his natural game
2: well i, I think you asked me and i think um I think Wardy may have asked me again while I was out in Pakistan about whether or not England would, you know, would might think about perhaps having salt up there with, with Alex Hales and, you know, Hales hadn't quite got, got off to the sort of start. And on each occasion, every time I've been asked the question, I just thought, no, I mean, no. Um, you know, you do not bring back a guy with, with his record, his record of scoring runs in Australia, his hunger and desire to kind of to, to come back in and, and make up for lost time. And his, you know, his brutality, really, against bowlers of all types, you don't bring him back and then leave him on the bench. Not at 31, or whatever, however old he is. is. he 31, 32? You bring in a guy like that because you bring in somebody and you know you what you're going to get, and it is going to be box office. Um, and look, it's, it's a format in which nobody can go out there and, and, and come off all the time. And if you're playing the sort of strokes and you're trying to hit the ball as hard and hit the ball as far and hit the ball... You know, he, he a couple over long off today down in there, and I've played at Adelaide, and I stood out there in the middle and thought, I'm going to take it's going to take me three goes to get it for four back pass. You know, and he donged it back over over the bowler's head twice in the in the early pass. He's just you know that that's why you pick him. Otherwise, leave him out. You know, you don't bring bring in a guy like that and then go, oh, you know what, we're going to try somebody else. You know, Phil Sorts' time will come. He will get he will get his go. It might even be by the time we get round to the next T20 World Cup, where he might be playing instead of somebody else. But right now it's hails his time. Um, he's he's done his penance. Um, you know that everyone has everyone has sort of managed to move on. He, he's been punished enough, and he was rightly punished. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but he is absolutely magnificent, and in that sort of form, irresistible.
1: Now we can say this because it's all done and dusted. There were certain sort of key moments that you can keep going back to in that that innings. Uh, the first moment was in the first over. Butler creamed three three boundaries. Two of them. He had no right to hit them for four well outside the eye line on the rise. And he just puts these magical hands through it. He's the most natural timer of a cricket ball that I think England has ever produced. And then he flicks one through mid wicket. So suddenly they're 13 off the first over with a wide in there as well. And then as Mark says, Hales launches one over long off again, very much on the rise demonstrating that the ball was coming on under lights much nicer than it was maybe at the start of India's innings. Uh, And then, for me, the the moment when I thought, oh, right, they're going to cruise this, was when Ashwin came on. And he looked like he was getting a bit of purchase initially, a little bit of dip as well through the air. And Hales picked him up behind square. So, obviously, you're naturally going to have a deep square. And he picked him up behind square from a delivery that was on off-stump, maybe slightly outside off-stump. And he engineered it. All that, again, that sort of clarity of thought that you keep going back to with this England side. And then the execution and the audacity... And it all rolled into one. It landed on the on the cushion, landed on the rope, bounced back, and then he did it again the following over off Ashwin. And then then it moved from being a bit of a an arsenip or an assumed arsnipper to to a, a sort of wild, hilarious Mardi Gras style yeah, process. It
0: very quickly went from oh, this could be a really close run chase. Oh, England got off to a flyer, but you have got to remember the shrank again so, oh, England are going to win this with four overs. <laughs> Spare. <laughs> Spare. <laughs>
2: I think J- Joss, Joss hit one off Axar as well. You know, the, again, I'm trying to, uh, trying to impress upon sort of the youngsters and stuff about the way that these guys hit the ball and how they, how they generate the power that they do. Axar bowled a, pretty, a perfectly serviceable delivery, pitching off stump, and Joss d- gave himself the tiniest bit of room with both feet planted on the floor, back foot, launched it over extra cover, almost went for six. Yeah. And he's kind of like, oh my God. You know, it's just outrageous, outrageous hitting, and all. My, and it makes it look. The thing is that they do it in such a way that it makes it look like that was nothing. It was kind of like there was no, you know, there was no skill or audacity involved in it whatsoever. But oh my god, you you try and do that, and you make yourself look like an absolute bell, I mean, it's such a great shot. I can't tell you yeah, at the risk
1: of sounding smug. Uh, a word for poor old Mo, Mo Shami who picks it up at, at, oh, yes. at fine leg. And then lobs it over <laughs> sort of short third man, or, or, or you know, deep third over his head. They, it's an all-run four, and uh, you get these sort of little glimpses, these vignette moments where you think, "Oh my word!" You know, this this is a team that is isn't, isn't, it's not quite, not quite there, not not quite ready for the requirements of of this kind of hyper hyper quick, hyper athletic modern game. And Shami, who's a, a champion seamer. And the way that he just jumped up embarrassedly as the ball looped over the fella's head, and then he had to lope and get it, and you, sent, you got it a little bit with Ashwin as well. Then there was the sky moment when he, it was going to plug and it landed in his fingers and it knocked over the boundary. It, it, this, this happens when you're under the pump with all teams, but it felt creaking for me watching India tonight, you know, and, and it, and it turned, out, turned from being a tight one to a comedy of errors, really, towards the end.
0: Uh, Mark, yes, there was a video of Matthew Hayden talking to the Pakistan team after they won their game, and he talked about how the big matches in World Cup semi-finals and finals are defined by the big players owning it, and that really did happen with England today, and it didn't really happen with India. Like, what, what do you put that down to? What what kind of goes into a, a player like Butler today, just waking up and absolutely nailing it?
2: I, you know, I don't know. I mean, because I've never been it, so I, I've got no idea. <laughs> Um, but, but one one thing I do know is, is that, that, that if you, I suppose if you look back to India's big moments in this tournament so far, and it was probably only the one, it was the, the, the win against Pakistan, it was engineered and, and pulled off by one man, wasn't it? It was kind of, you know, Kohli. Co- so England, you know, and again, I don't know, I don't know exactly why they did what they did at the toss other than brilliant, well done, great call. But, but it surely must have come up in in conversation. You know what? If it comes down to it, we would really prefer not to have Virat chasing something down out there. You know, we sort of we take that out of the game, and that's the one thing less to worry about. Um, and 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 under those circumstances, then India have to kind of come up with it with a much more collegiate effort to try and beat England. You know, it has to be. You know, the, the the performance has to come from everywhere as opposed to waiting for one guy to pull out pull out a miracle. Um, and when it comes to England again, I just think. How, the Housen and butler thing it was bubbling it was brewing and you could see it coming um and joss uh i, I mean I, i'm just watching the high, i've got it the highlights on behind you he just hit that shot over over extra cover off the back foot and, and joss kind of gets himself into this into this mode where you just feel like okay but it's it's not that everything else beforehand wasn't very important, but now it's really important I'm going to concentrate and play properly. <laughs> um, and it kind of looked like that. I mean, you, you were quite right to bring up the, the three shots in the first over. I mean, cheesy at them heart. Mm. Like absolute exorcets through uh, through extra cover the first two from, you know, blameless deliveries. Mm. Uh, and and, and that's, the, that's the skill of the man. Um, and, and the thing is, the frightening thing is, and, and I've said this all along, which is why. Anybody asks me, I say England are going to win it, um well, <laughs> Pakistan coming up, so that that throws everything out the window because you have no idea what, what that means to it to, to them or to us. But I think can England win it? Absolutely they can because they have got so many guys throughout that throughout that batting lineup, none of whom have actually done it yet in the tournament, but who are capable of playing a uh, Surya Kumar Yadav innings, a Josh Butler innings, and Alex Hale's innings. And so, at some point, they're going to they're going to click, or some it only takes one, but in England's case, you could have four, and then uh, then look out when you're playing against them.
0: Very quickly, got to mention Hardik Pandy, He whacked fifty off his last eighteen balls at the crease. Uh, obviously, feel he was brilliant. But how do you think England bowled to him? Because I, I kind of thought they were broadly fine it was it was just with those short square boundaries there wasn't that much you could do good balls were going I think I think Sam Curran bowled a perfect wide yorker they got hit for four. it was difficult out there for the bowlers
1: yeah Chris Jordan bowled well he missed a couple by literally three or four inches uh but he's got such strong forearms he's not a bulky looking bloke it's Pandia Yeah, yeah sorry but he's got a kind of elasticity in the way that he hits it and and he can he can strong-arm anything from any position unless it's an absolutely perfectly landed block-hole delivery. Uh, he, he a couple of sixes in a row, didn't he? Both off Jordan. Neither of them were particularly bad balls. He's just missed his mark by, by a tiny fraction. Uh, and again, Sam Curran's figures don't look great, but I thought he bowled well at the start and at the end. Um, the thing is, the, the, the thinking is, great, is good with England. You know, They were bowling wide Yorkers, knowing that if you dig, dig it too much in on the short boundaries, blah, blah, blah. The thinking is good, but the batting is great. So, so sometimes you've you just got to come up against that. Well, we go back to the point right at the beginning that that's the best they could have got. Mm. Uh, and there, therein lies the problem for India. You know, Pandya got them out of trouble and they were still humbled by the end of the game.
2: 68 from 68 off the last five. I mean, they had 150. 115. Um, and, you know, the, the sort of like the, the boilerplate numbers for the last five is, is 10 and over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're, only ju- they're only just above that. Yeah. Uh, so And that's with an extreme acceleration at the very end, but they just left themselves with too much to do.
0: And just finally, England-Pakistan final. That's going to be fun. Phil, very quickly, <laughs> how do you see that going?
2: <laughs>
0: What's the point in producing yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it,
1: it, it doesn't make any sense. Don't try and make any sense of it. Just enjoy it. Just sit back and watch the carnage take place.
0: Butch? With
2: you. you you bring up the you bring up the idea of of, of the big players kind of, of moving into into gear when when it matters the most so ba- baba and rizwan um now now have runs behind their backs having having struggled really up until the last two two games um and of course shahin sharafridi is now looking look, looking like back to his best again so that they've got they've got a lot of dangerous players in there i mean even old Iftikar um slogging 50s for fun in the middle order a middle order that couldn't couldn't buy a run in the in the in the seven match series against england all of a sudden they're doing are doing good things as well they are going to be very very dangerous um you know the thing with if you let them into the game somehow one way or the other then then you've got problems on your hands if england perform like they do today you don't have to worry so much
1: the, the only way pakistan can win the game i think is if shaheen does a number on the top 2 or 3 mm. And England are suddenly 30 for three, or 30 for two, 40 for three. And then you're, you're into that middle order, which, as Mark just said, you know, it's sort of simmered along. Brooke, Livingstone, Curran, simmered along. Mo's not had a great tournament with the bat either. Then, obviously, Pakistan are well in the game. But if, they, if Shaheen doesn't do a number up top, then England just got too much, you know, through the twenty.
2: Interesting to see what happens. Again, you know, different ground, different dimensions, different pitch, you'll have to look at all of those. They will have to look at all of those things. But I wonder, you know, you don't really want India chasing because of the, the Kohli factor. Do would you rather would you rather be defending against Pakistan um than, than have them defend against you um with their with their bowling line um, you know, obviously, it didn't go well for them against Zimbabwe or India at the end, but but only by a whisker. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether England reverse their their tactics for the semi-final for a team in Pakistan who you would think their strength is definitely in their in their defensive bowling.
0: Well, it's England versus Pakistan at the MCG in World Cup final, not for the first time. We've got that to look forward to on Sunday. As long as the rain stays away, the forecast is really not looking very good. Um, anyway, cheers for your time, Phil. Cheers for your time, Mark. This has been the Wisdom and Tea. 20 World Cup Daily Podcast we'll be back straight after that final on
2: Sunday Sports Social Podcast Network